All right, good morning, everyone. Oh, that sounds like someone. Say good morning, everyone. Ah, there we go. That's better. I want to thank everybody for uh, the opportunity to spend a little time with you. Uh, let's go ahead and, and get ready to get started as we delve into just this awesome uh, subject on relationships. I want to first look at uh, Proverbs chapter 19, and I want to look at one verse, and that's going to be uh, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 2. And here's what the Bible says, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge, and he who hurries his footsteps errs. I want to read that one more time. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge, and he who hurries his footsteps errs. Uh, just for the next few moments, I want to spend some time speaking with you under the topic, the dating dilemma. The dating dilemma. Let's go ahead and spend some time uh, with Jesus. Father, not another second, nor an hour, nor another day. But at this moment, with my arms outstretched, Lord, I need you to make a way as you have done so many times before. And God, you've done it through a window or an open door. So Father, here I am. I stretch my hands today. And I pray that you would come rescue me because I need you right away. Now, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Let everyone say, amen. So we, we've been talking about this week, of course, relationships, and one of the questions uh, that's obviously being asked today, is it possible uh, to have a soulmate and, and, and find, quote unquote, the right person? That's one of the biggest things out there. How do you find the right person? And here is how I wish it really did work, but unfortunately it doesn't, that you could literally sit back that you can fast, that you can pray, and then one day somebody will show up to your door and they'll be just like you want them to be. Don't you wish it's how it works sometimes? That you didn't have to do anything else, so you just had to pray, you just had to trust in God, and then all of a sudden this person is just going to miraculously show up at school, uh, in, in your class, at Disneyland, wherever it is that you hang out, there's gonna be a sign right on their head that says, this person's for you. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, does it? Uh, you've got to actually go through a process of trying to figure out who this person is that God wants for you. And this is important for you to do unless you have what I'm going to call, and i got to set this up right away, you have to find this person for you unless you have the gift of singleness. Because here's what's not fair. If you decide to be single, you have to be celibate. Really quiet now. I love these folks saying, you know, I don't need anybody. I can just be by myself, but then they're fooling around with different bodies. No, no, no. If you're not going to be with anybody, you can't be with anybody. Does that make sense? So unless you have that gift, this sermon is definitely for you. If you have the gift, you can do your homework. And that means if you have the gift of singleness, you have the gift of celibacy. I do not have that gift. That's all. I found it out very early. I do not have that gift, so I had to make sure that, that I got the right one. But here's the thing that becomes important. In order to find the right one, in order to see if this soulmate thing is possible, you actually have to spend some time with other people. And that's where things really get messy for us. Because a lot of us, through this dating experience and spending time with other people, have had some moments that have really scarred us in a lot of different ways. 
We've had some experiences through our dating lives that have really challenged us, that have made us maybe a bitter about this whole relationship type thing. And so we go into new relationships with all this different type of baggage. And I think it's because this dating dilemma, we haven't figured out how to successfully navigate through this thing called dating so that God, through the dating experience, can reveal to us who it is that would be the best match for us and that we would be the best match for them. Now, before we get into this, and I've just got one acronym I have time to give you uh, today. They're going to give us these particular tools. I've got to set this up. This is extremely important, and here's the reason why this whole idea of dating becomes so important and you picking the right one. I want to read something uh, from, from this awesome author. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of her. Her name's Ellen White, but here's what she says. Society is composed of families and is what the heads of families make it. Out of the heart are the issues of life, and the heart of the community, of the church, and of the nation is the household. The well-being of society, I need you to hear this, the success of the church, the prosperity of the nation depend upon home influences. That's what she's saying. She's saying all the stuff that we see happening in society that isn't right and all that stuff is because somewhere along the line, somebody started a bad relationship, two people were giving a bad example to their children, and their children grew up to be trifling. And that's what you see around here. And here's the reason that homes a lot of times can be trifling, because a lot of people did not date the right way, and the reason we have bad families today is not simply only because of what happens after they've gotten together, a lot of it happened before they even got together. And so I think if we figure out how to start families right, then we'll be able to avoid uh, a, lot, a lot of this mess that's happening in society because if we have a good family environment, what Sister White's telling us very clearly from Adventist home is that, man, you get with the right person, somebody who's your soulmate, somebody who loves you, who loves Jesus, man, you'll have such an awesome family environment that the family you produce will have a better influence on society. So let's go ahead and get started. I want to just throw some things on the screen for you. If you want to take some notes or tweet about this, um, uh, that, that, that'd be great uh, as well. I can't remember what the hashtag was, but they, but they, but they put that up there. Um, here's an acronym we want you guys to use that I'd love for you guys to use as you're going through life trying to figure out who this person is. What's that say, everybody? Uh, what's that say, everybody? Define. Define. So the first thing you want to do when it comes to your relationships is you've got to determine your commitment level. You've got to determine your commitment level. Now, Every relationship has two key ingredients. How many key ingredients? Two. two. The first is two healthy people. What kind of people? Healthy people. See, if you're not healthy yourself, if you don't know who you are, if you don't have a good sense of who you are, that's not going to be too good for you to hook up with somebody else. You've got to take some time to make sure that you are a healthy individual. I'll never forget when I was in college. I'm very transparent, so forgive me. When I was in college at CUC, um, and, you know, I was the, you know, I was the theology major that liked to date around a lot. Don't look to the left or the right. Just look at me. <laughs> Y'all looking for the theology majors. He ain't talking about you. He ain't talking about you. But, 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 but here's the thing with me. At, at one time, you know, the thought used to be, you know what? I know why I can get with this one, this one, this one, that one, because I'm a player, man. I got game. I know how that thing goes. I keep it on the down low. But eventually, I, I had to look at myself and say, no, it's not that you're a player. It's not that you've got all these skills. You're not healthy, and you're dependent on women, Michael. That's what it is. 
That's what it broke down to. And so before I got into a relationship, I said, you know what I have to do? I gotta get healthy first. I've got to get healthy first. I've got to check myself first. I've got to make, the, make sure that I'm connected with my Savior, make sure that I've got some of my issues that are out. Because we all got issues. Did you know we all have issues? We've all got issues. Turn to the person next to you and say, person next to me, you have issues. Now, you guys have been waiting all semester to tell that person that, and I just gave you permission. But we've all got it. We've all got them. And what you've got to do is figure out what those are before you connect with somebody else. Because if you don't know what your issues are, and this person doesn't know what those issues are, it's a huge mess when you spend some time together. All right? The second ingredient uh, in a relationship that is needed is you guys need to establish a clear level of commitment. In other words, what is this relationship? Are we friends? Are we exclusive friends? Are we dating? Are we exclusively dating? There's a whole lot of different categories now. <laughs> and you've got to set that up because it is so unfair, and here's what happens so many times in your dating experience. What you're doing is you have one commitment level, and then the person that you're with thinks it's another commitment level, and then feelings get hurt, you get upset, you call them trifling, you get mad, you post stuff on Facebook, you get all upset, <laughs> and, then, and it ruins somebody's reputation. Like, wait a second, I thought we were just friends establish that from the beginning. Say, hey, listen, I think you're really nice. I think you're really cool. I want to let you know. I would love to hang out with you and other people, too. I just want to let you know. <laughs> no, that's fair. Let me know up front, because you know what? Now I know what we're working with. But if you've established a certain commitment level, listen to this very carefully, then you must act according to the commitment level that you've established. If we're friends, don't sit on my lap and say that you're just, you know, uh, a sanguine, and I'm like this with all my friends. Well, not this friend. <laughs> d d don't hold my hand. If we're friends, I don't know if we should be talking at, you know, midnight, you know, the bewitching hours of the night. I don't need to go all these different places. If we're friends, and that's our commitment level, then guess what we're going to be? Friends. Even if you start dating, whatever your commitment level is, and you and the other person need to establish that, then you need to make sure that even the gifts you buy fit the commitment level. Friends can buy friends like bubble gum and, and, and different things <laughs> like that. But I mean, I don't need to be buying you iPads and, and dresses and stuff, but we're just friends. I, my point is, if you both agree on what the commitment level is, it makes it easier for you to pace the relationship at the pace that you both want it to be. We talked about this idea of how fast is too fast. Well, you both need to determine what the pace of your relationship is going to be. Determine the commitment level. And that's something you can do up front. It will save you a lot of time. Because one of the things you might say is, you know what? At this point in my life, I want a deeper commitment level than this person is willing to give me. I need to move on to somebody else at, at this particular time. Because you know what? We've been friends for a year and a half now, and I'd like to be a little bit more than that. And that's OK. But in order to be successful, I think you need to determine your commitment level. That makes sense to me you say amen. amen. All right. The next thing I think you want to be able to do is evaluate the environment. Uh, some people are toxic and create toxic environments wherever they go. 
That's just, that's just the way it is. When you are dating someone, you need to evaluate. I want to read this just the way I wrote it. You need to evaluate the environment that they have wherever they go. In other words, here are the questions I'm going to ask myself. I'm trying to figure out, is this the one? I'm trying to figure out, is this somebody that God wants me to go deeper with? Well, one of the things I want to say is, what is the environment like when I'm with this person? Is it a toxic environment? Is it really stressful? Is, 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 is it always, are we always on edge? Are there always problems? Um, does it seem like there's some kind of argument? What is it like? What do I feel like when I'm in this person's presence? What do they do to the other people who are around them when they're with them? If you're with somebody and when they leave the room, people are excited, there's something going on there. <laughs> and you know that. If, you, if you're constantly having to make excuses for the person you're with's behavior, there's something going on there. And here's the other thing I gotta ask you this, and here's the thing that, that really I wish I knew early on when it comes to the environment. When I leave that person's presence, do I feel closer to Jesus Christ? Now that's the thing that got me, and here's what I'm gonna add to that. Even if you didn't study the Bible, even if you weren't in prayer, even if you weren't in church, was it just being in that person's presence that they did something to the environment spiritually that you just felt closer to God as a result of being in that person's presence? Because here's what was incredible about Jesus, and you can look at some of the characters in the Bible. When you were in their presence, you just felt like God was there. And you want to be with somebody like that. Because trust me, when stuff starts happening in marriage or deeper in the relationship, you would love to be in the presence of a person who you feel the presence of God and not the devil himself. That's a tough one. Ask yourself, what kind of environment do I have when I'm with uh, this person? Uh, here's the next part that we're going to uh, spend probably the rest of our time with is fine-tune boundaries. This is what we're going to do. So the first thing I want to do, I'm going to determine my commitment level. You know what, I'm going to evaluate the environment that's taking place when I'm around this person. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fine-tune uh, my boundaries, all right? Here's what boundaries are for those of us who might not know. This is what we're going to call our property line, all right? Uh, they show where you begin and somebody else ends, all right? They serve two important functions. They define us, number one, and they show what we are and what we are not, what we agree with and what we don't agree with, what we like and what we don't like. Now, here's what's key. When we don't have boundaries, we have not defined ourselves to the person we're dating. I need that to sink in for a moment. If you don't have boundaries, you have not let the person you are dating know who you really are. And here's what becomes so dangerous about not having boundaries. In other words, things that you stand for, things that are okay. Some of you have certain emotional boundaries. There are physical boundaries. We'll get into that in a moment. But if you don't have boundaries, and the boundary defines who you are, then it leaves room for the other person to define who you are. And that's what becomes scary. Because sometimes we're allowing people to define us that really don't have good definitions. And so we've got to be able to establish boundaries. The second thing that a boundary is going to be able to do is a boundary is going to protect you. You see, if I have certain boundaries, or what we're going to call values, you can call them values as well, when I have this, it keeps the, the knuckleheads out, and it allows the good ones to come in. But for those of us who don't have these boundaries and these values, we just accept any and everybody into a place in our lives where they really don't have, where they really shouldn't be. And this is where a lot of us get hurt. 
A lot of us, if you really think about it, if you're in a great relationship with a good person and it just doesn't work out, yeah, it stings a little bit, but it doesn't hurt as bad as when you've given yourself over to somebody that you really wish you hadn't. That's where the issue is. And the question that I ask is, why did you give yourselves over to somebody? You should be able to check out a mile away the ones that have business being in your life and the ones you don't. Because if you establish good boundaries and good values, there are certain people that will never find their way into your life. There are certain values that I have, certain boundaries that I have. I, that I do not budge on. And you've got to figure out what those are, which is why we said from the beginning, you've got to be a healthy person. And a healthy person knows what their boundaries are, what their values are, what they stand for. And I'm not going to settle for any of those values being broken. Now, let me just say this real quick about settling. Everybody settles. Everybody settles. Everybody settles, but there are certain areas I will not settle for. And you've got to figure out which some of those are. Like for me, I'm just going to tell you. Now, part of it, of course, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist preacher. I'm not going to mess with somebody who doesn't believe in the Sabbath. It's a boundary. That's a value. So somebody who's coming my way doesn't believe in that same thing, oh, it's kind of easy for me to cut them off. Some of us, a lot of times, and here's what I see, happens with people in my church. They get hurt all the time because they let somebody in. And that person shouldn't have gotten in because they didn't even have the same value system that they have. Does that make sense, everybody? Now, here's what's tough about that. It starts to dwindle your choices, doesn't it? It really does. Because you start saying things like this. You know what? I value someone who's six feet. You go here. You got a lot of six feet. You know, light-skinned brothers are coming back in. I want to be light-skinned. So, you know, it goes, it goes in the no, watch this. I'm talking about your values. And so you say, you know what? Not only do I want them to be six feet, you know, maybe, maybe light-skinned, you know, but I want them to be educated. <laughs> I want them to never have been married before. No kids. <laughs> Love Jesus. A virgin. <laughs> See what happens? So inevitably, here's what we do. We say, oh, can't find that, so okay, maybe I'll, I'll you know, the virgin thing. Okay, that's fine. Just how, two or three is okay. Um, okay, not six feet, five, four. I mean, you, you just start, you start compromising. And you've got to say, okay, I can compromise on the, on the height thing. I can compromise on the looks thing. But these things I will not compromise on. And these are my values. These are my boundaries. Because I trust that God's going to bring me that person. And that's what you got to do. But if you don't have a boundary, you're, you're not going, excuse me, to be able uh, to, to, to see that in, in your life. Now, um, one of the key components here. Um, to your relationship, along this line of, fi of fine-tuning uh, your, your values. And I want to read this again just the way um, that I wrote it. Um, if you are not able to be free to live out the things that you value in the relationship, this is not a relationship that you need to be in. This is why it is key from the start to establish what your values are. You need to be able to clearly not just say what your values are, but you need to be able to live out your values. Here is the thing that you're going to find is so challenging in your relationship when you're dating, and this is why dating becomes so important. Do what you value, can you live that out while you're dating the person? In other words, if I value celibacy, 
Can I exude that value in this relationship, or is that always going to be a challenge with the person that I'm with? If I value a relationship with Christ, can I live out that value freely in this relationship? Or are we constantly kind of going back and forth on this particular value? Because here's the problem. You need to be able to, in whoever you're with, freely live out what it is that's important to you. Because the moment you can't do that and you marry someone like that, trust me, it will begin to get old that you have to struggle to live out what you value with the person that you're supposed to be spending the rest of your life with. And I want to figure that out now. And so I want to see, what do you value? What do I value? And can we both freely live that out in the relationship? If that makes sense to me, you say amen. Now, I think you also need to be responsible in this thing when we talk about fine-tuning uh, values. And here's what we mean by responsibility. Your ability to execute your task and keeping the relationship healthy and loving. That's your responsibility. Each of you have a responsibility to keep this relationship healthy and loving. So here's what we're going to understand about this idea for healthy and loving. And I want to go to uh, this particular slide real quick. And this is going to help you see how this will work. It's not God's will for any of us to experience sex before marriage. How many of y'all agree with that? I need to see every single hand that's up right now. And I don't see enough. So let's hope lightning doesn't come down. No, I'm teasing. But Sexual intercourse is out of God's will until marriage. I'm using this as an example. So watch this. We're talking about responsibility here. So the things that prepare our body for that experience are a slippery slope and very dangerous. Each of us has something different that sets us off. Everyone has their go-to button. Everybody has their go-to button. We need to find out what that button is because it's my responsibility that when I find out what that go-to button is, guess what I'm not going to do with the person I'm with? Press it. So let's figure out very quickly our go-to button. Let's figure out our go-to button. I'm going to skip through those so we can see uh, our go-to button. Can everybody see that pretty clearly here? Here's the thing. How far am I willing to go? We're going to see a few things here. There's holding hands. There's hugging. There's light kissing. There's heavy kissing. I didn't put the petting thing. I don't like the way that, that sounds. Um, <laughs> French kissing. Light petting. Uh, I did put it on there. Heavy petting. <laughs> oral sex. Uh, or, or intercourse, all right? Now, on this chart, here's what you need to do. And I want you to do this in your mind right now. On your chart, I want you to draw a symbol on the level where you would need to limit your level of sexual intimacy to maintain a pure heart. Does that make sense? Put a heart next to that place where you need to maintain your intimacy. Somebody's like, it's not even on there. <laughs> All right? So your heart says, okay, you know what? To be pure, I need to stay at holding hands. So I'm going to put a heart in my mind. I want you to do that right now at holding hands. But now here's the next thing I want you to do. I want you to put a star when your intent changes from romance to sexual response. Does that make sense? So I've got a heart. This is, this is what I need to be pure at holding hands. But you know what? When we start hugging, I'm going to put a star because the moment I start hugging, I'm ready to go to a different place. <laughs> now, here's the, here's the key. The star shouldn't go before the heart. 
The heart goes first. And here's why that's important, because I'm setting the boundary. And when I've set the boundary, I've set the value. Here is the thing that you've got to say as a partner. Now, it's your responsibility to make sure that we keep this value. So I want to be with somebody, watch this as a crow, to the best of my ability, where our hearts and stars are in the same place. It's going to be real difficult if I'm with someone whose who's value is saying, you know what, dude, my heart is right there at heavy petting, dude. I'm just, I'm real pure when I'm there. <laughs> and your heart's in holding hands. We've got a problem, don't we? <laughs> and don't be afraid. I want you to say, is this why you got to live out your values freely? You got to live out your values freely. Don't be afraid. If your heart is at holding hands, then you find somebody whose heart is, who's going to respect that. Because let me tell you this, it's not just about respecting that, it's about respecting everything else that comes in with this. It's their responsibility to make sure that you remain pure and, that you, and they remain pure as well in the relationship. I've got one minute left, so I'm just going to give you these last two things very quickly. Uh, the next thing you want to do in this thing, define, you've got to invest in yourself. I want you guys to take some time to learn to love yourselves. Get to know who you are. Because it's not about finding the right person all the time. Mostly it's about being the right person. The next thing I want you to do is end. I want you to network for success. Have other people that you're dating with and around so that they can evaluate and look at your relationship and say, hey, you know what? When you're with this person and with your out, you're very outgoing. But now that you're with this person, you're really introverted. Seems like this person's kind of controlling you a little bit. You want some friends to help you enhance that experience, so network for success. And then finally, I want you to learn how to enhance your goodbyes. That's the last part defined. I want you to learn how to break up. I want you to learn how to break up. And sometimes when you break up, you, don't need, you can't be friends with that person anymore because they suck you right back into uh, the mess that you were in. And let me tell you something, you've been dating somebody for five years and you're in your late 20s and stuff like that and they're still not ready to marry you. There's a movie called He Is Not That Into You. <laughs> Maybe she's not that into you as well. So I wanna challenge you all. I know we said a lot today. I wanna challenge you all to define. And, and take some of these, tool, these tools and principles and apply them to your relationship. Because what this does is this places us in an environment where God will be able to show you some things about the person you're with. I want you to go into this thing strategically with eyes open. Because if you guys get this right, if you find that person that God has destined you to be with, I promise you the world will be better, the church will be better, your life will be better. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we know that it was your desire for us to hook up with somebody, but too many of us just hook up with anybody. And sometimes those anybodies really can, can mess with us a little bit, and they, they cause a lot of stuff to happen in our lives. And so, God, we just pray right now. We just pray right now in the name of Jesus that, that we would take these tools and we would apply them specifically to our life. Now, some of us are in some bad relationships right now. May we have the guts and the courage to get out of them. Because when we're with the wrong person, that's preventing us from seeing the right person. And we believe that person or persons, whichever end of the spectrum we're on, they're out there. But we want to be placed in the right soil so that when you start showing us different things, we'll know what to look for. God, we want to be happy because you said that you came that we may have life, life eternally and also life here on earth in a way that we would be happy not so happy that we won't want to get to heaven, but you don't want us to go through half the stuff we go through. So help us to, to really apply these things the right way. And this is the age to be able to do it. So I pray for every relationship that is going on. 
uh, and the ones that are to come, and that they would be relationships that will begin to reflect the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Obviously, we didn't have enough time. So I have a couple quick questions I sure. want to ask you, you guys. Hopefully, this may help you out. Uh, what do we do while we wait? I'm just saying. You know, when, when we go from this wide of choices and then it's narrow and narrow and narrow, what are we supposed to do with the emotions and the feelings and the desires? Um, well, it, it depends on how you're going to define waiting because I look at waiting as two different things. There's some people who wait and they won't date or they don't have friends or, or anything like that. Um, to, or there's some people who are waiting and they're trying to, in their waiting, uh, they're, they're having a lot of different friends and stuff. So I, I think the thing is when you're waiting, I think you need to be with somebody um, I have a lot of friends, I should say, rather. I think friends are completely underrated. I mean, people don't give friends uh, enough props because every time we're with somebody, we always have to jump very quickly to this commitment. I don't want you spending time with anybody else. And, you know, I, I use this example, and um, not literally, but the Bible says, oh, taste and see, um, you know, that the Lord is good. And in other words, God's saying, experience me so you'll find out that I'm good. Well, you know what? I found out that I like, um, you know, butter pecan ice cream because I've tried other flavors. Uh -huh. um, now, I'm not saying you literally taste people. I I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> but while I'm waiting, I want to have a lot of friends. I'm going to spend a lot of time. I want to see what you have, what you have, what you have, what you have, what you have. And while I'm doing that, I'm not giving all of myself to you. Um, I'm just spending time with you. And here's why we, I think we run into this issue is while I'm spending time with you, I'm up your shirt, down your pants, and then I'm up his shirt, down his pants, and vice versa. And that's where it becomes an issue. But if you keep that, that thing really good friends, and you might have an exclusive friends or, or whatnot, um, I think that, that really helps. And friends doesn't mean that we, we can't spend time with other people. Now, you might find that one friend that you hone in on, that's fine. And I think um, that, that's really what makes a difference. Too many of us don't know enough out there. Oh. We're just kind of... Just stuck. One last question. Yeah. Can you change somebody? No. Are you sure? I can't. Okay. I know I can't. Okay. Um, and Jesus has a hard enough time. Mm. So, um, because here's the thing with change, and I tell this with, with, with couples um, all the time that I counsel, I say, God can't even change me unless I give him permission to change me. Um, God won't change me unless I ask him. To change me. So imagine being with someone who doesn't think they need to be changed. Mm. You know, th th that's difficult. And, and I, I always, I, I have a very tough question in my premarital counseling. I, I let them know, I say, listen, everything that you see in this person right now, I need you to say to yourself, I can live with it. Because there's a very slight chance that they're going to change. Slight chance. Slight. And, and, and more than likely, you know, they're not, they're not going to. Uh, and so, you know, don't get with someone making them your project. You know, like, <laughs> You know, you're not their therapist. You know, if I just spend a little more time with them, I'll be able to get them. No, this is what you're going to get more than likely. So make sure you like what you got in front of you. Would you join me in thanking Pastor Michael Kelly this morning? As we've been saying all week, if you have questions or you need help, someone to talk to, especially if you need to get yourself healthy, here are three numbers that you can call. And if you have any questions regarding a relationship, we want you to tweet hashtag LLWOR, hashtag LLWOR. Won't you pray with me as we conclude our worship this morning? Gracious Father, we thank you for the invitation this week 
to learn what it really means to be in relationships where we can live happily ever after. We're thankful for the challenges that Pastor Kelly gave us today. And God, I'm praying that you will give us the strength to trust you, to wait on you, and to prepare ourselves to be healthy individuals. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.